Y'all remember that? Does that theme song ring a bell or two? Because if it does, ladies and gentlemen, you would know that this belonged to the one and only Alberto Del Rio from back in the day. Apparently, he's returning to the ring. That's right. Now, when I say Alberto's returning to the ring, I'm not talking about the wrestling ring. Nah, because he's returning to the MMA octagon. I will get into who he's fighting, where it's going to be, and how that's going to play out. Plus, we got AEW losing in the ratings for the first time since they debuted Dynamite last month as NXT got the upper hand there. Down into how and why that happened as well as Raw and Dynamite highlights and much more on the Highlight Reel. That's right, welcome to the Highlight Reel, it's your boy Lalo, the host with the most, the smooth one, the head honcho of the rancho, doing it big man, today it's a little different from what I normally do, you know normally I, I try to do a Raw Review Tuesday, I try to cover AEW Dynamite Thursday, and then Smackdown on Saturday um, that's, that's the schedule I've been shooting for, but unfortunately, you know, life gets in the way, things happen, I have a very busy schedule, full-time job, man, I'm talking working 10 and a half hours a day, sometimes more, and, uh, so today, I'm gonna condense all of that into one podcast, I'm giving you the raw review, the AEW review, I don't, I don't even wanna call it a review, because I'm really just gonna run down everything very quickly, I'm not gonna get super detailed about it, you know, normally running down every single match and promo and the likes, only the things that really matter, um, this Saturday coming up is a big fight between Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz, that's right, here on the highlight reel, I also wanna cover boxing, that's, uh, you know, some passions of mine, um, I'm gonna try to get into that before that fight kicks off, I'm going to try to do a predictions episode for that fight that morning or at least, you know, a couple hours or so before the fight if I could find the time, you feel me? Um, yeah, man, I didn't even watch uh, Raw or Dynamite. I'm very disappointed, especially on the fact and, um, you know, it was an amazing light, absolutely dumbfounded at what I seen just in the highlights. You know, so I, I can only imagine, you know, seeing it live, man, popping off and Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw was actually a good show. Ladies and gentlemen, I think the world is at an end. I think the world is coming to an end, man. It's Armageddon, baby. It's <laughs> Revelations. Because Monday Night Raw was actually a solid show. So we're going to get into that right now. Monday Night Raw, the highlights. Here we go. Becky Lynch opens the show, man. Just uh, She came out. Now, if y'all listened to my previous Raw review, you know how I feel about Becky Lynch. I'm not her biggest fan, to say the least. We'll just we'll just say that. Um, but she was out there to build towards her SummerSlam bout, man. Um, the Iconics ended up interrupting her. The Iconics came out. You know, the Iconics are a tag team in the women's tag team division that I actually like. And, and I know, you know, a lot of people don't like them, but I do. I think they're kind of a classic throwback heel tag team in the women's division. They're not the best in the ring, you know. They're not the best workers in the ring. But um, they got the look. 
That's for damn sure. They got the character down and packed, baby. The Iconics, you love to hate them. You know what I mean? They could, they're could they heat generators, I think, because they're obnoxious. They're kind of annoying. Their Australian accent popping off. Um, you know, and, and I, I think, you know, the Iconics really are the future like they stated here. But nonetheless, they set up a tag team bout. Iconics versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Um, nothing to write home about with this match, you know, um, obviously, um, Lynch and Charlotte would pick up the, the win, um, Charlotte actually made Billy Kay tap with the figure eight, something I haven't seen in a while, um, the invasion angle would continue in this match, that's basically what it was for, to continue that NXT invasion angle, uh, building up to Survivor Series, the NXT ladies ran in post-match and cleaned house, man, and, and that basically set the tone for Raw. By the way, I want to mention Samoa Joe actually came out um, as well during the, you know, during the whole promo, the Mike dueling with Becky Lynch and the Iconics. That was really random to me, actually. Just <laughs> random as hell to hear Samoa Joe's theme play during that whole thing. Um, but he just came out a joint commentary. And I got to say, I think that they're kind of setting up Samoa Joe to, you know, transition into a journalistic commentary type role um when he's you know when he's at that finish line of his career man and i gotta say samoa joe is an excellent com color commentator um he adds a lot of credibility a lot of knowledge to it and i think that's a very good role for him if that is indeed um the course his ship takes sails on later on in the future you know um but i think samoa joe has a lot of gas left in the tank you feel me Nonetheless, Humberto Carrillo and Carl Anderson had a match. And I got to say, I'm surprised to see Humberto Carrillo finally pick up a win here on Raw. And against a pretty formidable opponent. You know, I mean, Carl, Carl Anderson, obviously, he's in the big click with AJ Styles. You know, and, and anybody who's linked up with AJ Styles, you know that they got some worth to their merit. And so to see Humberto Carrillo win, albeit with shenanigans due to the Street Profits being at ringside, I think it's a good win nonetheless. Um, perhaps the rumors of Vince McMahon being really high on Humberto Carrillo are true, man. Maybe he likes them and, you know, he sees something special in this kid. Only time will tell. But I do like Humberto Carrillo, man. Um, nonetheless, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley has his first bout in four months. Taking on a really random opponent as well. A really random match. No Way Jose. Um, and I gotta say, um, you know, No Way Jose could perhaps be a, <laughs> be a, some, like an indoor joke, you know. Because the whole, the whole uh, storyline right now with Lashley and Lana is a big No Way Jose from us, you know, from the fans. But nonetheless, um, before the match began, Lana actually showed off uh, divorce papers <laughs> on the Titantron. And it's funny because them divorce papers actually look legit, man. I mean, they're really, <laughs> they're really going the extra mile with this angle. And by the way, you know, Rusev reportedly um, said at some point last week that this is one of the best angles uh, slash storylines that WWE has put on in years I find that extremely delusional <laughs> on Rusev's part. I mean, I, I, I'm really starting to think that maybe Rusev actually likes this shit, man. Like he, he's actually getting, you know, he's actually getting a kick out of this shit. I don't know. Maybe he had a fantasy. I, I mean, 
I don't know, man. I ain't gonna get into that, but it, it really does seem like Rusev might just be enjoying this whole thing, man. It's kind of weird, man. <laughs> it's kind of high-pitched. But, um, yeah, so... You know, we were all feeling bad for Rusev, but apparently he's pretty content with this whole angle that's going off. And and actually, one thing he can't be content about is uh, apparently Lana issued a restraining order on Rusev. She announced that he has to be, uh, you know, he can't be within 90 feet of her, which is going to be kind of interesting, I guess. I don't know how that's going to play out on Raw. He's going to be getting escorted out every week when he tries to come out and confront you know, Lana and her son, Big Bobby Lashley. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, Bobby Lashley wins this match. Nothing to write home about. It's basically a squash. Um, but one thing that is interesting to me is that Lashley won with the full Nelson, aka OG Masterlock. You know, um, I guess that's his new finisher. I don't know. That's interesting to me, though. Um, you know, I've always liked that. You know, to me, the full Nelson. Is an underrated finisher. I, I remember when Chris Masters came out, you know, and he used to do the Master Lock Challenge. I actually enjoyed that. I was one of the few people that enjoyed that whole thing. I loved it. I think the Master Lock is an extremely underrated submission finisher, you know. Um, I think it's a great... It looks cool because when you're swinging your opponent around, you see their arms flapping around, you know. Their neck looks all awkward and just... You know what I mean? I think it's a very effective finishing hold. Um, so that's cool to see Bobby Lashley. He's really getting a nice push, man. I, I mean, hopefully... You know, this angle, for what it's worth, it's it's silly. It's, it's um ridiculous, you know. Um... But maybe it might just benefit Bobby Lashley. I, I mean, at the expense of Rusev, you know, um, and I, and to a lesser extent, Lana. But nonetheless, man, um, we'll see what happens. Seth Rollins takes on my boy, Andrade Cien Almas. Easily the best match of the night. Easily the best match of the night. It was a slow pace, uh, old school type of match in the beginning. Lots of chain wrestling going on. They showed off their technical prowess going back and forth with the wrist locks and the head locks and the head takeovers and snapmares and whatnot. You know, um, Zelina Vega would ultimately get dejected from ringside after shenanigans. Um, and that's when the match kind of changed, man. Rollins hit a suicide dive. He hit a sling blade. You know, Andrade did hit the three the three amigos for a near fall in the match. Always always a, a nice tribute to Eddie Guerrero to see that, man. Whether it's a heel or a babyface doing it, too. I, I always love to see Eddie Guerrero showing some love, man. Um, obviously, Eddie Guerrero is a big influence on Andrade Cien Almas. Um, Andrade kicked out of a big Falcon Arrow. I gotta say... I'm very happy that they actually made Andrade look strong in this match, you know, because despite Zelina Vega getting dejected from ringside, he still looked strong. He held his own. He showed that he doesn't need the services of Zelina, Zelina Vega. She's more, she's more of a mouthpiece for him. That's what she really should be, just a mouthpiece. She really shouldn't be getting too involved in these matches the way she has been. Um... But nonetheless, man, Lucha House Party would render the bout a no contest as they assaulted Rollins and Andrade. Um, ultimately, Andrade and Rollins would clean house, though, you know. And and Rollins, I, I love this part right here. The camera, the camera angle pans in closely, and and Rollins tells Andrade, you know what? You're not too bad. We should do this again sometime. I love that. That could be hinting that Andrade has a bright future. 
in WWE because I think he does, man. If he's if he's booked right, you know, um, obviously he's got his relationship going on with Charlotte. Hopefully that doesn't go sour, man, because <laughs> I think, you know, if Andrade and Charlotte go south, I think his career might just go south as well. You feel me? <laughs> I don't know. Um, interestingly enough, though, a lot of like WWE officials have been getting involved in their relationship. I read, you know, over the over the course of of several months like they've been saying they're moving too fast and a lot of wwe officials don't seem to like their relationship i think it's none of their business man you know i, I know charlotte's a very important prominent figure you know um maybe they think andrade is you know not good enough for charlotte or something like that but she's a grown woman and she she could make her decisions on, on who she wants to date and how fast she wants to move man you know what i'm saying i think wwe needs to stay out of those kind of affairs they had no problems with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, you know, mixing it up, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre. Very hard-hitting bout, as expected. And, you know, I caught a little bit of this match, but I'm not going to really cover all the spots and everything. All I'm going to say is um, the match was another no contest, man, because um, Triple H came out. He interrupted the bout, man, and um, it was after Owens hit a big stunner. It looked like he was going to pick up a victory, but Triple H was out there to kind of recruit Kevin Owens, man, to NXT. That's basically what this promo came off as to me, and I loved it. It was very good. You know, Triple H, he's ace on that microphone, and he's ace behind the, the scenes as well, you know. Um... It was a very good promo, man. He basically, Triple H told Kevin Owens, you know, you legitimized NXT, bro. That's, that's basically what he said. You legitimized the golden brand. And, and perhaps we may just see Kevin Owens jump ship to NXT. I would love that. I think that would definitely revitalize his career. It would rejuvenate KO and his amazing career that he's had thus far. Very good stuff, man. There was a Paul Heyman backstage promo really just building to the Mysterio Lesnar feud. Not, nothing to write home about. Basically just hyping it up. You know, Brock Lesnar is set to destroy Rey Mysterio right in front of his son once again. And if Dominic gets involved, he's going to get pummeled. Randy Orton and Ricochet take on the Viking Raiders. Um, this is the main event of the show. Uh, very kind of random to me. Um, kind of random, I guess. Randy Orton and Ricochet are are a tag team now. I I don't know what 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 they're doing here, but it's nice to see Ricochet in the ring, nonetheless. Randy Orton didn't really take any bumps in this match, man. You could tell he's he's very um, they're taking very good care of him. They're being very careful with their their stud, their their veteran, the veteran Viper. Um, you know, it was a it was a decent match while it lasted. Viking Raiders shine bright, man. As always, they showed their stuff. Really agile for big brutes. Um, but the match was momentarily interrupted with Team Raw and SmackDown going at it backstage. Um, they got more stuff in after a, a, a series of commercial breaks. It seemed like to me. Um, and then ultimately, we had another no contest as the match was uh you know. It, it fell apart. The team SmackDown, Raw, and NXT were duking it out uh, to close out the show. But um, Triple H would be the last figurehead we've seen. You know, the camera, you know, was back there in Gorilla as Triple H says, This is the beginning of the end. NXT is the A brand of WWE. I like that. More hype for Survivor Series. I gotta say, man, I'm very excited for Survivor Series. This could be one of the best WWE pay-per-views of the year. Um, 
hopefully <laughs> we'll see um nonetheless man I, I think it was a very good show i think the only flaw for me really is just the amount of of uh no contest matches you know we didn't have definitive winners in the big match um i know that's to be expected you know and uh, for a go home show you know they're building to a pay-per-view they want to kind of leave everything on a cliff cliffhanger note you know so we can they can get people to tune in to the pay-per-view and see the fallout see what happens um but I, you know, that's still it's it's always a turnoff for me though to see especially good matches. You know, matches like Andrade and Seth Rollins, man. You, you when you see a match like that, you know, which by the way they could put on an even better match. They were just kind of going through the motions. They could go. They could put on a five star classic. Those cats right there. But um, you know, when I see a match like that, I want to see a definitive winner, man. I I don't I do not want to see shenanigans. I do not want to see no cheap win or 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 a draw. You know. I want to see a definitive winner. But nonetheless, it was a solid show, man. I gotta say. So let's get into some wrestling news, baby. Jordan Miles, a.k.a. ACH of ROH fame. Um, now, before I, even, before I even address this whole situation here, I just want to say right off the top that ACH is a very talented cat man he's very good i i mean you know i don't really watch a lot of the indie stuff too much you know there's a lot of there, in in the wrestling world there's a lot of there's a whole lot of entrees you know what i'm saying there's a lot of options man so i i, I catch very little bit but i have seen ach perform i have i don't remember against who but i have seen him in the ring i've seen him on youtube you know, um, he is very athletic. He he's a very solid in ring worker. He's got the fundamentals. He's got the athleticism, the speed, etc. So right off the bat, I just want to say I do like Jordan Miles. Okay, he he is a great talent. Um, a few weeks back, he came out on Twitter blasting WWE for some supposed racism because of a shirt that they released of him. Basically, it's a it's an all black T shirt. With his name Jordan Miles in the form of a of a smile, a big grin, you know, um, and you know it, it was taken as racism. And um, upon hearing of this news, I thought it was kind of ridiculous in the beginning. I was like, "It's just a shirt, bro." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just a shirt um, with with your name on it. You know, obviously the smile and everything. But I read that this was construed as a blackface kind of diss you know like wwe was doing like a, a racial diss you know like a blackface thing which is i don't know like something white people used to do man to um you know racially discriminate on the black folk you know and and that's bad that's wrong i i, I do not think that was the intention of the shirt designers i really don't i think that's kind of ridiculous you know um i mean at the end of the day it is a t-shirt y'all there's not an actual face on the t-shirt. It's just Jordan Miles' name on a smile. You know, um, because, you know, Miles, Smile, I guess they were going for... You know, WWE does not have any creativity, y'all. <laughs> okay? WWE does not have any creativity. So I think they were just gonna run with, like, a Jordan Miles has a bright smile type of gimmick or some shit. I really don't know. I, I don't watch NXT. I know he was set for a big push. He won some kind of, uh, 
I don't know, a battle royal or uh, some kind of tournament or something, something along those lines. I don't really watch NXT. I know I should because it is a great show. But like I said, man, I already have a lot on my plate. Consuming enough pro wrestling. I'm about to OD on professional wrestling if I consume any more. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, so Jordan Miles blasted WWE on Twitter. You know, he said this was for the culture. You know what I mean? And um, he took out his frustrations on social media. And that's been a big thing lately. A lot of guys have been getting in trouble for um, airing their dirty laundry on social media. Cats like Seth Rollins, he, he ended up deleting his whole account, ultimately bringing it back. Um, you know, a, a lot of dudes after the Saudi incident, the Saudi Arabia incident with their flight, you know... Um, um, being delayed for numerous reasons that nobody could really pinpoint exactly why. Nonetheless, um, yeah, man, Jordan Miles, you know, he did that and, and he officially got his release. You know, he said, I'm out, I quit. Um, and, um, WWE officially released him. What I think about this, man, I, I think Jordan Miles, you know, he's, he's, uh, he has a right to be offended by anything he wants to. That's, that's the beauty about, america <laughs> that's the beauty about the united states man you know we all have that freedom of speech and and the right to think what we want to think believe what we want to believe and i i didn't see personally i mean i you know me i'm a mexican-american man you know so i'm not you know um our issues are different obviously they're similar but different you know so i i mean with the blackface thing and all that i'm not too familiar with that you know but i i, I can see now why he might have been offended by that but i'm not gonna sit here and say that i agree with him entirely you know because i do think he went about it the wrong way there is a time and a place you know to speak your mind and everything it, it could have been a one and done deal he could have just went to whoever makes the t-shirts man and told them hey man i, I don't like this shirt <laughs> Give me another shirt, man. Take the take the smile off the shirt. Take the big lips, the smile off the shirt. Make my shirt green, man. <laughs> you know, change the color of my t-shirt. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I agree with him, but I'm not going to sit here and say I disagree with him either because, again, you know, I, I don't know his situation. You know, I don't know what's going through his mind. Maybe this guy suffers from trauma. He's been racially discriminated against before. That could be that could be a thing, you know. Um, it's like a post-traumatic stress syndrome type of thing. Like he's been getting it his whole life and then this one thing just blows him up, man. You know, I don't know. But I honestly, in my honest opinion, though, I do think it was like a very small, minuscule issue that was blown out of proportion. And it did not have to go to this level. You know, but nonetheless, man, um, you know, ACH, he wants to go to Japan. He's eager to mix it up. Strong style. Will he wind up in AEW at some point? That's the question I've been pondering because, you know, after this incident, you got to wonder, are, are any of the big wigs in wrestling going to even want to work with this guy? You know, because no, nobody wants to work with somebody who's who's difficult to work with, you know, and, and, you know, being difficult to work with, that can mean many things. It can mean, oh, this guy's difficult because he's obnoxious or because he, he's lazy in the ring or in Jordan Miles case, he's, he's a little too sensitive. You feel me? This is professional wrestling. This ain't, you know, um, this ain't ballet. This ain't no tap dancing organization. You know what I mean? Pro wrestling has always been very far out there it's always been kind of ridiculous it's always been kind of offensive to some extent it, that's why we love pro wrestling because it has something for everybody you know you got guys like jim Cornette absolutely hating 
comedic wrestling and guys like Orange Cassidy and pretty much all of AEW, right? But we all love it. And then, you know, you got you got guys who, who love the comedy stuff and the flippy shit, as they call it, the indie stuff. And then they hate that old school kind of drag down, sluggish, slow style that you see from the 80s. You know, it, it's it's all uh, preferences, you know, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if anybody would be wanting to work with ACH again, you know, at, at least as far as like a AEW goes or uh, maybe even a MLW or Impact. I, I don't see him winding up in any of those places, but only time will tell. Maybe I might eat crow in the next several months. We'll see. Um, nonetheless, man, let's get into it. Alberto. El Patron, a.k.a. Alberto del Rio. <laughs> That's my best uh, um, impersonation of his ring announcer back in the day. I forgot his name, man. I'm, I, you know, it, it's it's been a while, but um, he was great. Um, Alberto El Patron, just so y'all know, he has close ties with Combate Americas. He's affiliated with that whole company. I believe he's like... I want us. I don't. I don't know if he's a vice president, but I know for sure he's an ambassador to Combate Americas. Like that dude is making paper every time Combate America makes paper. Alberto makes paper. Now for that, for those of you that don't know, Combate Americas is basically a MMA promotion on probably about the same size as Bellator, maybe a little bit smaller than Bellator. Um, but it's it's an MMA promotion that is aimed strategically at the Latino slash Hispanic audience. You feel me? They they want to promote more uh, Latinos in MMA because we dominate boxing. You know what I'm saying? We dominate boxing. You know what I mean? Really, I mean, as far as boxing, uh, you know, it's mostly Mexican-American and, and the African-American uh, uh, boxers who dominate the sport, you know. But MMA is different. You know what I mean? That's that's a that's a whole nother territory that we haven't really um left our mark in. I mean, we have our Diego Sanchez's and Nate Diaz and you know uh, uh Masvidal's of the world, but it, it's something barely starting. And I think Combate Americas they're really trying to put the spotlight on younger, hungrier, you know, uh, uh Latinos in the game. And um Alberto Del Rio, he's not facing someone young and hungry though. He's facing legendary UFC competitor the Huntington Beach bad boy himself Tito Ortiz the outspoken one you know you you hate him or you you love to hate him whatever everybody hates him <laughs> let's just say that but that fight is gonna go down y'all in McAllen Texas live on Combate Americas pay-per-view I gotta say you know this is an interesting bout um uh, Alberto Del Rio, uh, El Patron, I should say, he has a history in MMA. Now, for those of you that don't know, um, he used to compete, I believe, in Pride Fighting Championship. I could be dead wrong on that, so don't quote me. Don't quote me on that, but I believe, I know he competed in, in, in MMA organizations way back in the day, long before his WWE debut. There's actually footage of him on YouTube getting, you know, literally um, knocked out with a kick. You know, kicked out um, by uh, Mike uh, Crow Crop, Crow Crop, and to me that actually looked like a, a work to me though, um, because uh, Alberto was actually wearing a luchador mask during that bout, um, and I don't think any athletic commission <laughs> would sanction a fight 
where a guy is allowed to wear a mask. I mean, and, and those are big in Japan. Those kind of worst fights to see them. A lot of Japanese dudes, they go out in MMA fights wearing masks or or, or not. And um, headbands, the whole nine. And then they go out and it's very noticeably worked, you know. But it looks so realistic. Like, it's nothing like wrestling, though. Let me tell you right now. It's nothing like wrestling. They do get hit. You know what I'm saying? They do actually kick you in the head and punch you. But it, it's not like... UFC kind of you know what I mean it, it looks to me it looked like a work shoot but I don't know I, I just don't see an athletic commission sanctioning a fight where wear a lucha mask um, nonetheless his bout with Tito Ortiz will be with a lucha mask in fact he's putting his OG <laughs> big gold belt man his, his WWE world heavyweight championship belt on the line it's interesting I, I, I guess um Whenever you win a championship, WWE lets you take home a replica of it, I guess. I don't know. That's pretty cool, though. But, he, you know, he carried it around in the press conference. And, you know, Tito Ortiz has a belt himself, although I'm not familiar about it or, or what it's, you know, it's prestige or anything along those lines. But, um, you know, Tito Ortiz is up there in age. He's he's shop worn, man. He's had a lot of bouts. His his most recent victory was against a way shop worn uh, Chuck Liddell. That's a fight that shouldn't have even happened. Chuck Liddell, you want to talk about past prime. To say Chuck Liddell is past his prime is a mad understatement. You feel me? It's like not even, he he should not be fighting. Um, speaking of Chuck Liddell, just, just, just you know, a, a side view here. Chuck Liddell actually recently stated in an interview that even now, today, he would beat Mike Tyson in a street fight. <laughs> What is you smoking? <laughs> like, bruh. I, you know, I know he's trying to chase a paycheck, man. He's the type of guy that does not want to call it quits. He wants to keep fighting. This dude will be on a on a wheelchair still asking for fights and calling out cats. But come on, bruh. Even in his prime, even in Chuck Liddell's prime, he would not beat Mike Tyson in any type of fight. Whether a street fight or a sanctioned boxing match or whatever. He would not beat Mike Tyson, bruh. Calm, calm your titties. Sit down. Sip some tea, bruh. It's gonna be alright. <laughs> Nonetheless, man, my predictions. Tito Ortiz will defeat Alberto El Patron. I, I, you know, I love Alberto, man. I can't see him winning, though. When's the last time he had a real fight? It's been a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't even think his bout with Crow Crop where he got knocked out was, was real, man. I, I don't know. The, you know, it is out there. But I think Tito Ortiz will smash Alberto Del Rio. NXT finally beats AEW Dynamite in the ratings. What does this mean? I believe that NXT won just because of the Survivor Series stuff going down, man. They've been running the NXT invasion angles on Raw and SmackDown. And this this persuaded the casuals to finally tune in on NXT. Do not think NXT put on a superior show to Dynamite. Then again, I don't know. I don't know. I really can't say because I don't watch NXT. And that's my fault. That's my bad. I, I know I'm probably missing out on some great stuff. But nonetheless, I, I highly doubt NXT put on a better show than AEW Dynamite. If you think so, though, hit me up, man, on Instagram, Lalo underscore THR. That's the highlight reel. Lalo underscore the highlight reel THR on Instagram. Send those messages, man, or DM me or, or you know, on, on one of my posts. Just let me know in the comment section. Um... You can send me a message here as well on Anchor, I believe, or uh, whatever. Just let me know what you think. Um, you know, 
NXT is gaining gaining some momentum. We'll see how this plays out in the future. I, I, do, I do not see AEW Dynamite being in trouble. I mean, WWE even said it themselves that this is not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? And I believe Jericho actually tweeted that out as well, <laughs> you know, in regards to NXT defeating them in the ratings. So AEW, man. We'll see uh, how they respond to this. Um, speaking of AEW, we're going to get into the Dynamite review right now. Let's do it. Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson kicked off the show. Now, this is my first time seeing Nick Jackson in a singles bout. Um, you know, it was it was really weird, man. I never seen him in a singles bout, but nonetheless, it, it was uh, interesting. Very interesting. Um, there was a six spot where Ray Phoenix was going for a 619 while Nick Jackson was hanging out on the apron. Um, he dodged it by doing a somersault off the apron to the floor on the outside. It was absolute perfect timing. An awesome spot. Um, it really, I, I really took very little notes on this because this is one of those matches. There's just so much going on. I mean, good Lord. I could write a book on this one match alone. The crowd was chanting, this is awesome. After a series of high spots everywhere, you know, um, Phoenix did a sick roll through cutter for a very close near fall. Um, this is probably one of the best, if not the best opening matches ever on Dynamite. Honestly, re real talk. I, 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 no, no, no. I'm going to say it right now. I surmise to believe that Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix is the greatest opening bout in AEW Dynamite history. And, and speaking of Ray Phoenix, I couldn't believe it. He actually, he actually won the match with what they're calling a Mexican muscle buster. I gotta say, man. I said it already. I'm gonna say it again. Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes, these these three cats, they're the they're the executive vice presidents of AEW. So, you know, they have a lot of pool. They have a lot of political power. If they want to, they could be smashing on everybody, a la Kevin Nash and Hogan <laughs> back in the day, uh, you know, on Nitro and WCW. But they're doing the entire opposite. They're just nonstop putting over a bunch of young cats. And, and I like it. I do. I think it's commendable. It's absolutely respectable. Big ups to them. But come on, man. At some point, these guys got to start looking strong. This is another one of those things. I, I don't see why Ray Phoenix had to win this match. I'm happy that he won. You know, absolutely. That's that's my hermano right there. You feel me? That's my primo right there, dog. I'm happy <laughs> Ray Phoenix representing. I'm, I'm happy he won. But, you know, we got to start seeing the Bucks and the American Nightmare looking strong. But big ups to Ray Phoenix and, and, and absolutely big ups to Nick Jackson for putting him over once again. There was a women's match. This was between Sheeta and Britt Baker. Um, you know, I didn't really watch this match in its entirety, man. So I'm just going to say that Brit, uh, Sheeta won the match. And I believe this now sets her up as the number one contender for the women's championship against Riho. This is a championship in all Japanese championship contest that could be contested on a future AEW Dynamite episode or perhaps on a on a pay-per-view coming up. They they do have an unannounced new brand new pay-per-view you know yet to be announced. Um so we'll see what happens there. Um you know Riho uh <laughs> she's she's cute, man. She's a cute girl, but I, I do not think she should be the champ in the women's division right now. Then we had a Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. Now, this was a very strange match because this is the first time I ever see a, a Battle Royal where there's actually two winners instead of one. At least that's that's what I that's the feeling I got. 
um, you know, because at the end of the at the end of the match, you know, Adam Page and um, MJF they were the final two, so they set up basically a singles match between the two for the Diamond Ring on the next episode of Dynamite. So this match, you know, it was the first ever battle royal for Dynamite. Very different, highly unique, especially the circumstances of how to win the match, you know, or the, the amount of winners the match has, I should say. You know, the match included the likes of Orange Cassidy, Jungle Boy, um, Adam Page, obviously the Hangman, who was one of the finalists, Kip Sabian, MJF, one of the hottest heels in the business today, and the one, Billy Gunn. That's right. OG Mr. Ass was involved in this match. He was one of the runner-ups, I believe. And um, that was, that was you know, that was fun. That was nice to see. Nonetheless, MJF and Adam Page set up their big match next week for the Diamond Ring. Now, I believe this to be just further build for uh, MJF and uh, Cody Rhodes and nothing more. You know, this is going to set up, you know, this is going to be a plot device. That Diamond Ring It's going to be a plot device for the big MJF Cody Rhodes rivalry, which I'm pretty sure is gonna be set to put over MJF as a, a huge superstar, mega star for AEW. Chris Jericho had a major announcement tonight. Now, now, now I just wanna quickly run down before Jericho came out. You know, flanked by his goon, the Savage, uh, Jake Hager. You know, he was backstage just clowning on a bunch, on, on a couple dudes, man. It was really funny. He was clowning on the librarian, you know, Peter Avalon, uh, Monk, Marco Stunt. That was the funniest one, you know, um, just, it, it was hilarious, man. Chris Jericho is golden, really. You just, you have to watch it. I'm not going to go into detail. You just have to watch it. It was, it was hilarious. Uh, nonetheless, Jericho came out. He was basically just trolling everyone. His big announcement is, is that he will finally get a thank you that he deserves and he had his goon, Jake Hager, apologize for him on behalf of Jericho. He actually said sorry. It was really funny um, for his outburst last week after being pinned by Scorpio Sky, which I'm still outraged by, by the way. That was absolutely ridiculous. But nonetheless, um, speak of the devil, um, Scorpio Sky came out flanked by his goons, you know, SCU, Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian. Scorpio Sky was grinning from ear to ear. The hottest rubs in all of AEW last week. You know, he had a dual microphone with Le Champion as uh, he gloated over his big win over Jericho, basically. And um, it's funny, he even started a You Got chant from the crowd toward Jericho. That was great. Uh, much to the chagrin of Le Champion. Um, basically, they set up a, a singles match for next week in Chicago. Now, this isn't just a singles match. This is a world championship bout, I believe, in Chicago. That place is going to go crazy, by the way. You know, Chicago is a great, great wrestling city. You know, always has been. Um, I'm very excited for that. I'm definitely going to tune in for that. I don't care how tired I am after I get off work. I'm definitely tuning in for that. You know, um... Yeah, they shook hands, man. Even uh, Scorpio Sky basically said, I don't deserve a title shot. I really don't. But Jericho said, well, you just earned one, basically, and shook his hand and said, and now it's official. They're going to duke it out. Nonetheless, Inner Circle would end up jumping SCU. A few cats tried to run in for the save, but to no avail, they got their ass beat too until... Jurassic Express came out, man. Luchasaurus cleaned house, baby, to start a, 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 a standoff, a face-off between him and Jake Hager in an epic stare-down. Now, perhaps this could be foreshadowing a future rivalry 
And that would be extremely interesting because these guys are brutes, man. These guys are literal monsters. You know, Luchasaurus and Jake Hager. I, 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 I take my money. <laughs> take my money now. Nonetheless, here comes the main event, baby, with Darby Allen and John Moxley. Darby Allen actually brought out a literal body bag, um, which was interesting. I, I knew he was going to end up getting his ass put in there. I knew it. I knew it. He was bringing out his own body bag, man, and that's exactly what it was. John Moxley whooped Darby Allen's ass, boy. He whooped it. Nice and clean, man. Nah, but this was a gritty, nasty, stiff, dragged down, beat him up match. Darby stomped all over Moxley's hand while it was on the turnbuckle. A lot of nasty looking spots, man. Ultimately, Moxley would hit a paradigm shift off the top rope. Look nasty, man. I mean, this was really, really dangerous. Peligroso. This was dangerous, boy. But he did it. He hit the paradigm ship off the top rope to win. Crazy main event. The fans were jiving. Um, and there you have it. AEW ends with a splash, to say the least, man. You know, that's that's a, that's an epic show, man. And I really regret that I didn't actually get to catch it live. I really just watch highlights. This is my reaction to it. In closing, I just want to say that um, this is a big, big week uh, we have coming up, man. You know, Survivor, uh, we have boxing. For me, this is big. I, I don't know if a lot of if a lot of y'all watch boxing, but for me, we got a big fight coming up this Saturday, man. Deontay Wilder against Luis King Kong Ortiz. Um, will Luis Ortiz become the first ever Cuban-born world heavyweight champion in boxing? That's an interesting storyline there. And then Sunday, we have Survivor Series with NXT duking it out with Raw and SmackDown. You know, Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, this is big. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm excited for it all, really. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm surprised because WWE has been lackluster for the better part of, well, for years, actually, really, if I'm being honest. You know, CM Punk, man, on WWE Backstage. I gotta say, um, will he come to WWE, man, for Royal Rumble? Will he come back to WWE for Royal Rumble um, next year? Will he? Will CM Punk make a surprise return at Survivor Series, which is emanating live from Chicago? What does the CM stand for in CM Punk? Huh? Chicago made, baby. But some say chick magnet. <laughs> I don't know which one to believe. Chick Magnet, Chicago Made, um, you know, Cookie Monster. I don't know. But it's interesting nonetheless. You know, Survivor Series, Live from Chicago, CM Punk's hometown, CM Punk all over the headlines right now. Only time will tell. So, y'all, I want to thank you for tuning in to this very special edition of the Highlight Reel. I hope you enjoyed it. I apologize for, you know, the cuts, you know, the the clipping of the audio. It cuts off a lot. I do not I do not know why it does that. I really don't. I'm going to try to explore that further. Um, I'm, I might just email Anchor. Or I, I'm not sure. It's probably my phone, really. I really don't know. In the future, I look to get better equipment, you know, a better a better phone. I need to upgrade that at least. Uh, but nevertheless, thank you very much for joining me on the highlight reel, y'all. I'm out here.